Welcome back, everyone. This is The Prepared Mindset. I'm your host, Austin, and unfortunately, I'm coming to you uh, on the the heels of a Detroit Lions loss, uh, a really... I know uh, this is probably not going to be for most of you guys, but I don't care. I don't give a shit because I was a real, I was a real mess about it on Sunday night, but the Detroit lions lost our, our like fairy tale season that I'm sure most of you or all of you saw on social media and the news and everything, because for the first time in the history of fire, uh, not quite, but it's been a really, really long time. The Detroit lions were actually a good football team. Uh, and, the nice part is it kind of got the whole city together, people rallying to the cause, and and you know it's cool to see that that kind of that that sense of community come together. Uh, and really, uh, we've not been this good since I was about uh, two years old. I think ninety one was the last time that we uh, went to an NFC Championship game, and we got just completely obliterated by the. At that time, they were the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders. So it wasn't a great uh, Sunday night. I almost threw my beer at the TV, uh, but it wasn't at my house. So obviously, I restrained myself. And uh, yeah, so that's what's going on over here. SHOT Show has wrapped up. So you guys have no doubt been inundated with YouTube videos and Instagram photos and reels about all the great products that we probably won't see until Q3 of this year, optimistically from all sorts of companies uh, all over the place that still have lots and lots of work, but they wanted to get out and tease their products to everybody at the beginning of the year, as is the tradition. <laughs> so uh, no doubt we're going to see a lot more product announcements. Uh, there's a couple of things you guys, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, you've been watching the Instagram lives, you know, there's a couple civilian power laser units that I have my eye on that I'm hoping to be able to get my, my mitts on and play with sometime this year. Uh, we're, let's see here almost uh, out of January, actually, which is crazy that the first month of the year is already out of the way. It seems like the year takes forever. You know, it just drags on and drags on. And then before we know it, we're, we're through it. So especially as we get older. So that's uh, something just to think about. And as we pass into February, we're basically about 90 days out from the Orion, Tra- Orion Training Group class uh, here in Michigan. They are coming to Battlefield CQB uh, and cannot be it could not be more excited uh for that opportunity to get you know jason and jared up here to run a full three-day class uh it seems like from everything i've seen a really really good facility i'm really really amped for it uh because i got to take their day and a half course at the hta range day in september out in pennsylvania this obviously is going to be a little bit closer (laughs) uh of a commute for for me to attend this um so should be really really awesome and speaking of orion training group this week's episode is actually with a returning guest one of the otg cadre Lindsay Dew, who was on i want to say it was the end of november sometime i had Lindsay on and we talked all about communications we talked about radios we talked about a little bit of the science behind it we talked about uh how to get started where people should or shouldn't maybe spend their money and things like that and and actually shortly thereafter i think it was a week or two after i had Lindsay on i was actually able to attend in the beginning of december her intro to comms course which was awesome. It's about three hours, nothing, nothing crazy. It's not like an all day thing. It's actually done over, uh, I believe it was a zoom call or a team's call or something like that. So you don't have to be in any physical geographic location to take the course, to see the material, to learn from Lindsay, which makes it really, really easy and really cool. So I'm very, very happy to get into this week's discussion around squad based communications. Now, in addition to having Lindsay on, this is, uh, 
This is going to be a new one for us here. We're actually also having a second guest on, and that is Austin Miller. You guys have probably seen Austin's photography work and everything he does on social media. I believe it's it's Austin Joe Miller is what he goes by on Instagram. And I believe he also does a lot of work with Mojave Repeater. So that's why we have Austin on doing a full discussion this week around squad-based communications. 2024, big, big year for communications, at least here, premiered mindset. That is a skill set the group is really trying to dive into and spend more time working on. So it's going to involve obviously learning a lot more about our capabilities and practicing those capabilities, both, you know, uh, on paper, but as well as practically, right? Getting out in the woods, putting ourselves in some contextual situations, trying to work on those communication skills, probably going to need to end up beefing up some hardware, right? Probably spending a little bit of money because uh, like it or not, folks, comms are expensive. Uh, it's weird because we'll all spend four or five, six, eight hundred dollars on a handgun, uh, $500 on a red dot uh, or an RMR, and people get a whole ton of heartburn about spending more than a hundred bucks on a, on a handheld radio. Um, so, and, and I get it to an extent because if you don't have somebody to practice with, if you don't have a group to converse with, and we've talked about this a little bit in the grab bag episode that Josh and I did, uh, you shouldn't really invest in comms if you don't have anybody to communicate with. If there's not somebody who you're reaching out to, uh, in times of crisis or times of chaos and need, then, you know, comms is probably not the area you should be investing in. Now, if you do, then you should. And that's kind of where many of us are at is that we do have those friends. We do have that support network built up around us to varying degrees, right? Everyone's situation is a bit different, but we want to be able to uh, reach out, make contact and do it without relying on cell phone networks, cell phone towers, right? Because in the event that there is some kind of you know, issue some kind of EMP, whatever, you know, disaster you want to uh, insert, right? You want to be able to have some reasonable means of communication, how to, you know, be able to monitor emergency channels and emergency frequencies. So with that, that's where handheld radio or ham radio comes in. And then there's even more to know about the practical application when we get into a squad-based setting or a team-based setting with your communications. We kind of touched on it lightly when Lindsay was on before. We're going to get into all of that in this week's discussion. Should be a really, really good time. But before I can get us over to that conversation for this week, I need to say thank you. You know, uh, there's a lot that goes into this, whether you guys uh, know that or not, you know, and that's not a, hey, be grateful. That's just a reality. (laughs) Uh, So there's lots and lots of hours put into this project between our uh, growing YouTube presence. So if you guys haven't gone out and checked out our YouTube channel, uh, I was fighting in the comment section today. Really great times. Guys, uh, IDPA and NRA certified range officer telling me what's the what. So that was really fun. Go check that one out. Uh, so in addition to creating YouTube content and recording for the pod and doing everything for our Patreon, uh, there's the additional content and training and you know work and logistics that go on behind the scenes here. And we have some really awesome supporters that make all of that possible. First off, like I said, is Patreon, our Patreon patrons. Guys, if you're looking to support Prepared Mindset, there is no better way than to head over to patreon.com and sign up for our Patreon. You get exclusive access to long-form videos. We have exclusive episodes, which aren't getting dropped here on the pod, by the way. Those are exclusive for Patreon. We have printable targets. We have drills. There's blog posts. There's all kinds of stuff that gets you know hooked up there on the Patreon that you don't have access to on our Instagram or on the podcast here. 
So if you're looking for access to more information and you guys want to support what we're doing, head on over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. We got three different levels you guys can sign up for. All kinds of good stuff going on over there. But in addition to our awesome patrons, we have some really, really badass sponsors, some companies that partner with us in the industry that make our training possible, that make all the infrastructure and things here with the podcast and the content and everything. They make that stuff go. So we have to take a minute here and or a couple of moments. And I want to tell you guys about them, not not only because, you know, they're a sponsor, but because these are some actually great companies that do outstanding things in the industry and in the, the space and the community. And if you're looking to get some gear, if you're looking to learn about some things, these are some companies that you can trust are going to steer you in the right direction. That's why we partner with them so that we can bring their name and their business to all of you. <clears throat> now, first up from that list is uh, the folks over at Custom Night Vision. Guys, Night Vision is, it's basically become a necessity. It's no longer a nice to have. In many instances, it is basically a necessity. If you're worried about, you know, end of times or what's going to happen with the 2024 election and anarchy, well, guess what? Uh, cell phone towers going down, power grids going down. That's a realistic thing that you could probably write into almost any scenario. And that's where night vision really holds its water. You can head on over to customnightvision.com and start looking into your very first set of night vision. Or if you already have some and you're thinking that maybe it's time to make an upgrade, also head on over to customnightvision.com and see everything that they have in stock. If it's your first time buying, they have an insight chat function so you guys can get some access to their team members, to their experts. They're going to be able to guide you. They're going to be able to answer questions. No, you're still fine working with the PVS-14. No, white phosphor doesn't actually offer you a ton of advantage over green. It's It comes down to personal preference and what you want. Or yes, you should look into getting, you should look into getting binocular night vision because it's going to give you uh, an enhanced field of view uh, than your PVS-14. Whatever your questions are, right, the team is there to give you the most transparent buying experience possible. And it is a huge financial commitment, so they do everything they can to make sure you guys are happy with your purchase. That starts with the access to the Insight chat function. They actually have images of all of the tubes that they sell available. So if you're looking at a PVS-14, if you're looking at a Tonto unit, if you're looking at a set of 1431s, right, you can see what the tubes look like, what the color looks like, if you have any blems in them and everything. You can actually see that on their website prior to going and clicking buy now and putting in your credit card information and commit to such a large purchase. They're one of the very few companies out there that do that, and it's outstanding stuff, you guys. And if you already have your night vision and you're saving up, you're still looking, you still need parts, you still need to build up your setup, you guys can go grab some helmets, you can go grab uh, G24 mounts, they have lights, they have lasers. Guys, head on over to customnightvision.com today and pick up all the gear you need to be effective in the dark. Also have to say thank you to the folks over at HRT. And if you guys have not been following social media, they had some pretty awesome drops for SHOT Show. A lot of people really excited about, of all things, uh, their windbreaker, which seems very simple. But you know what, guys? Uh, we need to stay dry and you want to have a good outer layer on. Those are the kinds of things that really make differences. You guys can head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. Check out the windbreaker. They also released uh, a couple new pouches, a med pouch and a tourniquet hanger that people have been waiting on for their arc belt 
belt series, which is outstanding. I was actually just fiddling with mine the other night, resizing and tweaking and adjusting the outer belt. Uh, they use the Tigris material, which has become really, really popular in the industry, and they max that stuff out. They use it for the uh, molly straps that you use to attach to your mag pouches. They make the arc belt and the inner belts for it all out of Tigris, and even the cummerbund on their L-back plate carrier. It's a great material, and HRT is doing absolutely outstanding work. You guys can head over to, again, hrttacticalgear.com. Check out all of that and more. They offer armor plates, medical supplies, range supplies, some badass targets from Jawless Hog Tactical, tons of stuff on there for you guys to go check out. And make sure you take a gander over in the illumination section and look at the AWLS weapon light as well. Really, really good stuff from those guys. And lastly here, I have to say thank you to our friends at 100 Concepts. Man, where do we even start with 100 Concepts? It's so cool to see these guys blowing up. They actually sent us out a set of their aperture caps for the night vision, which aren't actually out on the market yet, but we got a sneak peek, got to start playing with those on my 1431s, and they're really, really just a cool design and a really, really well thought out product. You guys have probably seen their light caps. You've probably seen the scope caps. Head on over to 100concepts.com, check out their Slinghook 2.0 that got released uh, back in, I want to say that was uh, October, right? They have their Chemlite 2.0 kit. They have a ton of options to help reduce your physical signature and address all the issues that we face with camouflage. We want to look at things like their hex cap series for anti-reflective devices, their pro scope caps, and there's a ton of other op- of other, I should say, products lined up that they are going to be releasing and dropping throughout the year. They're putting out videos there. I don't know if it's a teaser or a release video, but the scope cap for the ACOG is now out. That's been listed on their site for a while, and they even have a new line of their light caps coming out with uh, different material and be quieter and stronger, and they've been listening to all the feedback you guys gave them. They're a fantastic company. Their motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. One more time, head on over to 100concepts.com and pick up some new gear for yourself today. So shout out to all those companies. Really, really love that we get to work with some, I mean, honestly, some very recognized names in the industry that are all doing just outstanding stuff. And if you guys are in the market to pick up new gear, if you're looking for even just small stuff, tourniquet holders, uh, placards, or dangler pouches, you guys can head on to HRT. If you're looking for a scope cap or a light cap because you got a new optic, go check out 100 Concepts. And yes, if you're looking for even, you know, a pistol optic, right? You can go to Custom Night Vision. They still have the Acro P2 on sale. You can pick up flashlights there. They have lasers, they have helmets, they have comms, everything you need to be effective with night vision and more. Guys, some absolutely outstanding companies, and we are so proud to be able to tell you all to go work with them. Happy to have them supporting us and happy for the partnership. Looking forward to a prosperous 2024. Now, as I said this week, our discussion is getting into squad-based communications. If you and I would say at least two other buddies are planning on relying on each other, you're planning on being each other's network, you're planning on, you know, if things get weird, if things go sideways, if there's any problems at all that you're going to call each other, you should have comms built into your plan in multiple ways. Whether it can start with a cell phone and then from there, if it works to ham radio, if it works to CB radio or, I don't know, smoke signals or Morse code or carrier pigeon. But you need to have that built into your planning and squad-based comms is our focus of discussion today. Really, really happy to be able to sit down with both Lindsay and Austin and I'm going to get us right on over that discussion about now. 
Lindsay, Austin, welcome to the pod, guys. Or well, welcome back, Lindsay, and welcome, Austin. Since Lindsay's been here before, she's practically a regular at this point. Um, how's it going, guys? It's going great. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah Austin, I... really appreciate you uh, having me back. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm. Uh, this is this is a conversation that I'm actually looking forward to like really pulling stuff out of uh the comms piece specifically is something that i really don't know a ton about um and i think that what we're talking about here today right with like the squad based component i think everyone really skips over like the fundamental shit and wants to go straight to this so you know, uh, anybody listening to this, you stop, hit pause, go back, listen to the first conversation Lindsay and I did at like the end of November and then come back and pick this one up because you need all the foundational stuff that we talked about before. Um, but this is really, I think, where a lot of people want to hear the ins and outs of radios and comms and how this works and what's impactful for them and what's not. And it's probably gonna be very surprising. They're probably not going to be very happy to hear that most of what they've done is probably not going to be uh as good i think as as they want it to be um but before we we dive in because austin you haven't been here before but you do stuff on the internet which is fascinating um so <laughs> can you go ahead and uh introduce yourself to the listeners man yeah i do stuff on the internet um not just <laughs> ai um hello everybody my name is austin austin joe miller that's what you can find me at on instagram um if Lindsay or other Austin for the ease of uh, the conversation. Want to just call me AJ for the rest of the the conversation. I'm fine with that too, just to avoid confusion, but whatever you guys are, are used to, it's fine. Uh, I have a little bit of experience with radios. So uh, around 2020 is when I got really interested in, uh, in radio communications as a force multiplier for preparedness as a citizen. Uh, I got my ham license uh, I was laid off from the oil field, so I got a uh, a job that I spent a little bit of time doing uh, vehicle upfitment uh, with radios and municipalities and some infrastructure stuff, but mostly like like um, ambulances and cop cars. Uh, got into the tactical industry, um, which is where my day job is. I'm I'm self employed and I do uh, freelance marketing and consulting. Uh, and then on the the more com side. Um, well, one, I have a, a client that is a radio manufacturer. Uh, that's fairly recent. Um, but for a much longer time, I, I'm one of the instructors with Mojave Repeater. I have the pleasure of uh, of giving them a hand. You know, if you email, I might answer one of your emails. And if you come to an R RTO basics class or maybe other classes in the future, uh, I, I may be your instructor. So you have me. Most people know Alex. I'm a little bit more behind the scenes, uh, not nearly as cool as him. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my background. No, that's odd. that that's a that's a really quick turnaround. Uh, twenty. Well, I mean, it has been like four years. Twenty twenty seems not that long ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all still reeling from the effects of lockdown. That like one year and a half we all lost off. Well, in Michigan we lost a year and a half. Like lockdown didn't end until like mid twenty twenty one. Everyone else is always shocked and odd. They're like, lockdown was like six and a half months. Like maybe where you were at here we. <laughs> We, we had first lockdown and then Christmas came and we had second lockdown, which was also fun for those people in the service industry that wanted to buy, you know, Christmas gifts. But uh, at any rate, <clears throat> that's a really quick turnaround to kind of get into like all of that. Uh, and honestly, it's kind of sad because I've been doing radio stuff about three years and I 
just have my ham license. I don't, I don't do shit. So <laughs> I need to get my crap together. Um, so Harrison is so, the thief of joy, Austin. There's still time. Uh, there's yeah, there, still there's, time. I could still do it. <laughs> I should, yes. I, I need to, I know I need to. It's just, I mean, here's, here's two people that I, I'm sure, you know, Austin or myself, you know, I'm speaking for Austin right now. Um, would not mind if you always like hit us up on Instagram asking us about com stuff. Like, please give me a chance to to like nerd out and uh, share my special interest with you if you ever have any questions. I I hit up Austin all the time regarding like photography stuff because I don't know if you've seen some of his marketing stuff, but the dude's uh all self taught and a phenomenal photographer. Um, I am super duper jealous because I do not have the eye for it at all. Now she's. Just, uh... she- not giving herself enough credit. She's doing a good job picking it up. I'm just going to spam message you both and ask you what radio I should buy. Um, you know, <laughs> 10, 12 times a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's Be my one. 13th reason, Austin. <laughs> I, yeah, that question. We Do we want to start with that question? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's probably a decent, a decent starting point maybe. Um, and we can kind of work out from there. Cause I think that's, everyone assumes, or at least say, I believe, and I'll, and I'll leave it to you guys to say if your interactions with people have been different, but I think everyone assumes that everyone has to have the same like radio to be able to communicate and talk with each other. If, you know, if the three of us here are a team or a squad, right, we all have to have bail fangs because that's what I have, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not, I'm, I'm 90% sure. I mean, I mean, I may not be a smart man, but... I'm reasonably sure it doesn't work that way. So we can, I'm really excited for this conversation. And a big reason why I'm really excited for this is I'm, I'm very philosophical. I'm very like big, big, like nebulous questions and thinking. And um, Lindsay's much more practical in the advice that she gives. Uh, She's uh, much, much more matter of fact. So I I think we both have, we'll have very different answers. um, Even though Lindsay and I agree on a lot of things. The, the biggest question to always start off with is like, is what is a radio? Like I, we, we hear the word radio and what immediately comes to mind is like a UV five R, right? That's like the okay, big, yeah. a radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a radio is anything that uh, emits energy in the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Um, your cell phone is technically a radio, right? That's just giving another example. You know, the the best radio uh, in some cases, if, if for most people's day to day life, is literally the cell phone that they talk on because it is it falls into the definition of a radio. I, I think people, when they ask that question, they're asking it kind of in the context of what is what is a good tool that I can have that I know is not hindered by infrastructure I don't control, right? So I, I, or at least is on some level removed uh, from the vulnerabilities of being linked to modern infrastructure. Does that, does that sound about right to you guys? Yeah, sounds about, I mean, I, I, what do I know, but that sounds, I like how you articulated that. Yeah. And so (laughs) typically that, that's the first question is like, what's the best radio for me? Um, And they always, if they had any context, this is the context they add. And in sometimes this context is rare um, for when uh, for when it hits the fan, right. For uh, for when uh, a disaster occurs. And I think kind of the, the issue with that question is, well, what does that mean to you? What does SHTF means to mean to you? Do you mean like, like a hurricane, you know, like a hurricane just mm-hmm. ripped or a tornado ripped through your neighborhood? 
Um, or is there an occupying force that's backed by a nation state, right? Those are two, those are two common SHTF scenarios um, that, that someone might have in mind. But the answer, like which radio would be my primary form of communication for those two scenarios are very, very different, right? If it's like a hurricane, I want to use a radio that lets me talk to as many people. I want to cast the widest net as possible to try to begin immediately coordinating emergency efforts, right? Uh, whereas if I if I become the counter or if I become the insurgency um, because, uh, you know, the state of Texas was invaded and uh, I, I now I'm now the, the bad guy of the occupying force. Well, I want a radio that has as many countermeasures and is as difficult to detect and intercept as possible. Literally the exact opposite of, you know, a hurricane situation when I'm just trying to coordinate who's who's alive and and what do uh, uh, what do rescue efforts look like? So that that's kind of why I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of commo experts or even enthusiasts like me um, don't like getting that question because it's so open ended and it's so based on people's perceptions on what what the the needs are, the infrastructure you're trying to separate from and what the threat matrix is. So that that's I think that's a big reason why uh radio guys don't like that question so much. I don't know what do, what do you what do you think Lindsay? Um I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there. So I I go over this, you know, in my my squad comms classes is like a lot of people, especially people online are coming from the sort of um like I, I don't want to say prepper in the negative sense because I feel like that that word can have a lot of connotation, but a sort of like their comms experience, you know, whether it be from the military or just you know war games they've made up, how they train people they train with is doing stuff in a quote unquote non permissive environment, right? So whenever we're talking about you know you have an oppositional force like uh, you know if Russia invades whatever. Um, that is something where you're going to have to have things like, you know, encryption, masking your RF signature, using terrain to obfuscate, you know, your RF uh, signature there. Um, and like Austin said, compared to something like an all hazards event, which is like an H word, him and I both being from, you know, the South see a lot of, we don't say hurricane down here, <laughs> Bad luck. especially with Mardi Gras season coming up in a couple weeks. I don't want, I don't want to hear it. Um, but there's, there's a lot of that in the tactical world and because you get a lot of guys, you know, uh, as like overflow from the tactical world, you know, they have very, very strong opinions about like, oh, if you use an unencry unencrypted radio, you're going to die. And, you know, it maybe, but it definitely depends on the scenario in which you're using that equipment, but not even that, mm -hmm. like, I can give somebody in the military and I have in the past, you know, a $5,000 radio brand new from L3 Harris and they use it as a hammer to hammer in a tent stake. You know what I'm saying? So not only is it about the equipment, it is about knowing how to use that stuff. And I talked about this a little bit in the first episode where I talked about people have this analysis paralysis where they like to talk about doing stuff. And that this can be so many things. It could be working out. It could be, you know, dry firing. It could be, you know, tactics and things like that. They'd rather sit there and talk about doing stuff instead of, you know, making a decision and then going out and doing that. Cause like 
so many people in the community say, and I'm sure Austin can cooperate with me on this, is the equipment that you have, awesome. If you can afford the nicest suite of, of radio equipment and comms equipment there is, go ahead. More power to you. But if you're not going out there physically up-assing yourself from your chair and going out to the places that you think you would be in a SHTF scenario or that you would bug out to in case of an all-hazards event, like the equipment that you have isn't going to matter because you are the weak points. And the weakest link in any sort of chain is going to break. So that's why the question is frustrating because you get people who don't know how to open a Microsoft Word document that want to spend $40,000 on a radio. And that's <laughs> their right as an American. I support it yeah. 100%. But yeah, yeah. the same yeah, I token. I definitely agree. I know uh, one email I got, um, I won't disclose the channel or who said it. Um, I don't know them personally, but that they asked, they basically, they're like, hey, I'm a member of a municipality and my wife is a, a first responder with a different municipality. And I want, I want the turnkey solution, right? I want something that I don't have to think about it. I don't have to program it. I want to turn it on and it works. And I don't, I don't care what the license is. I'm not worried about it. I'm only going to use it in emergencies. And I didn't tell him what I'm, what I'm going to tell you guys. Um, although I'll still probably phrase it pretty politely with, but you are really doing yourself a disservice if, if the first time you try to use a radio is in the middle of an emergency, right? And I, it's like that with, with any competency, you know, it's like that with, with a firearm. Um, but, you know, there's, there's no radio out there that isn't bound by the laws of physics. No matter how much money you spend, you cannot buy a radio that can shoot through a mountain, uh, right? You can't buy a radio that can talk around, you know, around the world uh, line of sight, right? There, there are certain rules that we just have to play by and, and it does not matter what radio you use. Um, and, and so that's that's probably why, that's, a, that's exactly why Lindsay's bringing up a really good point, which is that oftentimes the weakest link is the operator, right? You know, you can have an amazing radio and unless you get like, you know, and you, you will have zero connection, but the second you stand on a roof, right? Or get up on top of a hill, you have amazing connectivity. Well, you had to walk it there, right? And you had to have the knowledge of the way radios worked to know to walk it there. So yeah, I, I know, I know I'm not trying to just dog on every single uh, ignorant question that we get, but absolutely. Yeah. Tr training is oftentimes going to be a significantly better uh, uh, investment than just trying to buy the nicest piece of equipment and it sits on a shelf unprogrammed until you go to try and use it and then you don't even have any idea how to turn it on right well i think that's the misconception a lot of people have too is like we're all we're all always questing after like that one friend in our training group who's just going to be the radio guy yeah. and they're just going to make all of the science stuff work and mm -hmm. like i'm just going to worry about shooting and uh, the next guy is just going to worry about shooting, but at a long, at long distance. And yeah. one person's only ever going to worry about radios and it's all going to be fine. And I mean, yeah, it's fine if you want to have, I think anyways, like one person who like that's their thing, like they're just real passionate about it. Yeah. But it does start to highlight that, like that vulnerability in your training and your skill set. Like you have to at least have a fundamental understanding of how these devices work. And your limitations, more importantly, I think, yeah. you know, 
Uh, otherwise, you, you, like you said, you don't want the first time you're using this to be like the oh shit time, you know, yeah, an emergency. Exactly. Or- yeah, you're just you're doing yourself a disservice, honestly. Yeah, and it's very short sighted. Uh, but I think that we all kind of live there to an extent. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm sure, and I would guess I'd probably maybe I would defer to you guys. Obviously, if it, it, as with most things, right, better equipment is going to make the problem less difficult, but it's never going to solve the pro the, the problem completely for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that you bring this up and then I'll, I'll quit hogging the conversation, but you brought up some really good context. A lot of times with, with radio equipment, it's very inverse how we think about consumer electronics, right? With most consumer electronics, the more money you spend, not only are you going to get a better build quality and a better user experience, but you'll get a wider range of features. Um, and it's very much inverse in the in the radio world. Yes, you'll, you spend money and you start to get more and more durable radios, but oftentimes those radios start to actually become significantly more specific in their application and in what protocol they use to communicate with other radios. So, uh, you know, the best, the best example I could give is like my UHF, uh, DMR radios, right. Then my high they're, they're encrypted. They're super durable. They've been just absolutely, you know, beaten down. Um, amazing, amazing, great radios. I have a ton of them that I can use as handout radios, but I can't listen to the NOAA weather stations or the emergency broadcast system with it, right? Despite it them being 10 times more expensive than the Baofengs that can do exactly that. So that's that's another piece of context I just wanted to give. Yeah, there's never that silver bullet that everyone's constantly, but I think Lindsay said this, said this the last time, there is no... Glock 19 with an RMR and an X300 for radios. There is no like one size fits all solution. Yeah. Uh, for radios. Yeah. That's why I have so many. That's, uh, <laughs> it's not at all, you know, because I have a problem because I don't have a problem. But that's, that's why I have so many different radios for different scenarios. And, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky in the fact that people pay to come and take my classes and stuff like that. And all that money goes straight into buying more radios. Um, and fueling the addiction. So I get to test a lot of radios and Austin working with who he works with too, gets to test a lot of radios. So that is, I guess, one sort of point of privilege where we can give a little bit of insight is like more so to tell you what radio to buy. I can tell you what radio not to buy. Yeah. I think more than I can give you like a definitive solution. Um, But I think Austin definitely hit the nail on the head there with, with everything that he was saying, but um, so Austin, uh, D you were talking about earlier how, you know, interoperability between the squads, because everybody has a different job, you know, in this, in the civilian world, it's not like, you know, the military where you're like, oh, we're all making about the same money and we all get issued mm-hmm. the same stuff. Um, you know, you're having, you know, people that are bawling and then people that are bawling is in crying you know, showing up to the range uh, with their their poor man builds and, and their um, Baofengs, and that's okay. But so let's talk a little bit about like what a radio band is, right? So Austin talked about this a little bit. So every radio you have, um, 
it's going to operate within a certain chunk of frequencies. You know, the more money you spend, typically you can get radios that can operate on more chunks of frequencies, but that's not always the case. It's not like a line that's like more money, more frequencies, right? <laughs> um, it depends per model, right? So as long as, as the radios that you and your friends have all can operate within the same band of frequencies, you can use them in order to train in a squad environment. I teach um, equipment standardization, especially if it's a group of dudes that you know you're going to be rolling with, uh, SHTF. So, but that's just because it makes it easier. You know, it's easier to troubleshoot everybody's stuff. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, hey, man, I don't know how to use your radio or whatever. Like, like right. in case you do need to use it, um, you do all have like some base knowledge on how stuff works. But don't let that be the factor in not implementing some sort of communications with your team. Um, I also teach like um, if you and your homies plan on doing stuff, you know, at night or stuff where you might, you know, take rounds back. Um, I prefer to teach, you know, have some sort of standardization, some sort of tax SOP or tactical SOP on where your stuff is just because whenever you render aid, if you have to pull your radio off your buddy, it makes it easier. If you have to diagnose errors under night vision, I don't know, you know, we all have night vision here. I think um, yeah. doing CQB under night vision is kind of like doing CQB through a toilet paper tube. I kind of felt like uh, that one scene out of Django where he's like, I can't see fucking shit out this thing. <laughs> That's how I felt whenever I ran through like three, run-throughs of CQB at the OTG shoot house using my, my PBS 14. So just having easy. that. You just, you just of, need to get a second tube. That's all. You just need to get two. That, that's, it. Know, that's it. That's if all. If you're in the tube business and you want to sponsor <laughs> me, hit me up. <laughs> so I did it. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. But uh, uh, I think I went on a little bit of a tangent there. I'll pass it, punt it back off to Austin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that Lindsay brings up some really good points, which is that if you if you want to make your journey, at, like, you can only you can only move at the speed of the slowest person, right? Um, uh, so, good way to you, put it. yeah. So if you want to, that's uh, really that's like uh, often, and I shouldn't, I don't mean slow like mentally. I mean slow like. Well, you it know, might be. It, it certainly could be. I mean, there's some I, dumb people out there. They're still good people, but they're just not bright. I, I, I've been gumping my way through my life. What does that mean? I'm slow, but I have a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's why I have some of the high Terra models that I do, because they don't even have a screen on them. They have like two knobs for channel and volume. Um, but anyway, yeah, you're oftentimes limited by how fast the slowest person can adopt anything, right? It, it doesn't just have to be radios, but it's anything and you know budgets typically the the constraint now you can have you can have guys that also don't necessarily see the value in a good radio they might be like oh i don't know why i need to spend you know six hundred dollars on a high Terra. and i'm like bro you have an mcx with a night force on it like <laughs> can we maybe like redistribute you have min maxed your your capabilities there in a way that i would not necessarily choose myself yeah, I'm glass cannoning this build. I don't know yeah. if you'll play any sort of MMOs or anything like that, but I'm letting my um, nerdiness show there. Yeah. Um, or if you don't standardize your equipment um, as a team, 
then you might be doing more work for if you don't, you know, if you don't have a guy, you know, your future comms guy. Cause I, I do believe there's going to be naturally one or two guys that are just kind of a little bit more experienced in it. So, but if, if everybody buys Hyteras, but one guy buys uh, a Motorola DMR instead, that's okay. That exact situation happened with my group. Um, the end result was I spent like five hours learning the Motorola programming software, which, you know, they all, all the radios can talk now. That's no problem, but that's extra work on my part. I don't say that to dog on the guy, but that's just something to keep in mind when you look into like equipment standardization is that you don't always necessarily have to buy into the same brand. Uh, but there are certain protocols that exist that would be in your best interest to maybe stay within, um, even if you don't want to stick with, even if you don't all center around a specific uh, radio manufacturer, right? So th those are those are just all all considerations. Um, and if if I can have any input on that matter, is I would encourage you if you are the radio guy in your group, um, don't stagnate your education, right? Don't. Don't just be like, oh, I know how to program, you know, our DMR radios, or I can run Chirp, and I know how how signal waves propagate and everything. I'm good to go. Like, if you're the expert, that's not just a privilege. If you're, you know, the quote unquote expert for your group, it's mm -hmm. not just a privilege, but it is a burden to to always be self improving, right? Because eventually you're going to run into more and more complex systems as your group go grows, as they ask about things, and they're going to look to you for insight, like. Hey, I, I heard about this cool new thing called Meshtastic. Do you think this could work with us? Well, they're going to look to you for an answer on that, right? So if you are the designated expert, the, you know, the, the commo guy or whatever you want to, to call it for your group, man, don't ever stop learning because people are going to, people are going to look to you to make decisions on these things. Cause a lot of times they know, they don't know very much about radios, and so they look to you for the for that expertise. So that's that's the big thing to keep in mind for the uh, the the interested persons in radios in your group. Yeah, it's it, it's like it's a responsibility. I mean, as much as anything else is, you know, if you if that's how you want to, <clears throat> I guess, divvy up your roles and like i don't i don't know i think it's kind of lame so people are like oh i'm gonna be the radio guy oh i'm gonna be it's like well i mean if that's where your passion lies then i encourage you to to pursue that but yeah. we don't have to like oh well we need five people and you're the last one to join so now you got to go learn how to do med but yeah. i puke when I see blood well you're just gonna have to figure it out because no one else no one else had that one and you got the you know, the hairy lollipop for, for today. And it just like, so this is a dumb way to do it. Yeah. It's, so, it. It's a responsibility, but like you said, be chasing those new answers, be, you know, moving, try at least in whatever limits you can move forward. Uh, and especially with something like that, with this, where I feel like things are constantly evolving and changing or new things. Like you mentioned mesh tastic, right? Like, Hey, that that's a new thing in the last uh, couple of years here or so, right? So that's something you're going to have to at least be aware of, right? Learn yeah. and, what, and what that means. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and be ready to, to ask questions. Oftentimes when those products get discussed by, I don't want to say the uneducated, but the average member of your group, you, you have to be ready to ask the questions like, how does this fit into our, the standardization of our comms plan? Is it something I can reasonably ask people to spend money on, right? And it, how difficult is that product to use, right? So I'll tell you the answer I did give 
to the uh, uh, the guy that asked about, hey, me and my wife were both uh, in, we're both first responders, and I want something that's super easy to use and I don't have to program. The answer I gave him was um, the Garmin inReach because I'm like, man, if you don't want to learn how to program it and you want just you want just the band aid and you don't you're not, you have zero interest in this whatsoever. Here you go, dude. Cause I know, I know that, uh, I at least know that this is, it's basically a cell phone app, right? That, that Bluetooth to this little dongle. Um, because, and, and I say that because I give that example and circle back because based on the information he gave me, I knew where his, uh, competency was at. And I had to make a recommendation for a tool that I know he would be able to understand. So that's, that's a big part of being, being the, the comms expert in your group is you have to know how do I, what is the competency of the members of my group, right? And if we want to have more sophisticated systems, am I going to have to develop tools that uh, bridge the gap between their competency and that tool's capabilities? Yeah, uh, I actually talk about this in my class. So a lot of people, whenever they they look and they see all the the bright and shiny, right? And they're like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. Oh, I want to incorporate this into our stuff. I want to do ATAC and Meshtastic and then fuck it. We'll do HF too. <laughs> um, it's something in the IT world. So I'm going to, uh, I, I worked in IT pretty much my entire adult life, except for whenever I was a bartender. Um, so we call that integration hell. Whenever you, you have yeah. like two, a bunch of different separate ecosystems, like separate systems, separate infrastructures, you know, and then you have to get them all to work together. So that's called integration hell. And buddy, if you or your homies have not even gotten past step step A, step one, where you have no idea how to make regular RF radio work, um, I don't necessarily know that adding more shit um, to your comms plan is going to be a good course of action there rather yeah. than building any sort of base competency before you go out and broaden your horizons. Um, and it is important to have professional development um, for everybody who you train with. Right. So we talk about, we talked about in the last podcast in the military, we have something called 10 level tasks. And that's just because whenever you look up the manual um, dash 10 is operator level. Right. So that means that anybody who, you know, got ASVAB wavered to join the service should be able to perform this task. I've met some touched individuals, however, um, both in and out of the military. So I, I understand that that can be a little bit more easy in, in theory than it is in practice, but I think cross training is going to be huge, right? So I like to do, and I know that uh, a couple other people in different training groups implement the same sort of thing where it's like, hey, buddy, uh, we're going out to the range this day. You're giving a one-hour class on whatever your autism special interest is. <laughs> okay. And and so, you know, we'll do one where I'll be like, hey, you know, here's Meshtastic. Here's how it works. I'm going to show you how to flash the firmware on it. And then you use the app on your cell phone and you can text. Um so little things like that, I think, definitely go a long way because you have to understand as a private civilian, you don't have the infrastructure and support that, you know, a, a military does. Right. So you are your own first responder. You are your own comms guy. You are your own armorer, everything like that. Um, and that can seem like a little bit 
like burdensome for some people. Like a lot of people are just overwhelmed by the fact that there is so much but I, like Austin was saying, just pick one thing. So that's what I do. I pick uh, between different ham meetings. I'll pick one thing and be like, okay, I'm going to get really uh, like nerdy on, you know, D-Star. I'm going to learn everything about this one specific digital language and have some sort of base knowledge there. I'm not going to be an expert, but at least I'll know like, oh, worst case scenario, I know how to set this thing up. Um, so that that is what I would say would be a really, really important takeaway for people that are looking to implement, you know, a, a squad um, and training amongst the squad, even though they had some dude from or some dude, some some senator, I think, um, introduce a, a bill trying to make any sort of militia training illegal. Oh, from, I did uh, see Massachusetts. that. Yeah, I'm screwed. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it it's, I, I guess you, I, I don't, A, I don't see that going through personally. B, it, it does, I think anyways, get kind of hard to draw the line on what's quote militia training, right? And what's actual ham radio, which yeah. the government already has their finger in, right? Always, they already, you know, uh, really regulate the shit out of with the the licensing and the testing and I mean, I, I get it for the education piece. I don't want to say that we should get rid of the licensing altogether, but I do think that we would see a lot more people spending time on radios if they changed how they handled that. Um, I don't know. That's just my my two cents. Yeah. Uh, I encourage I've encouraged all the guys in my group to go out and get a ham license. You know, it, it gets you access to better bands, but it also kind of forces you through uh the, the educational process. And, you know, I know that some people go to classes, some people do self-study, whatever, but there's a lot that you get from that. And I, I don't know that all of it is exactly needed. Um, or maybe I just didn't enjoy it. So I'm going to say that I don't think it's needed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more accurate. Um, <clears throat> but you should have a, a fundamental understanding by everybody in, in the group, both of the science behind it. And then I would at least say, and I've been guilty of this before, so I can call myself out on it. Like the fundamental operation of your, of your radio, like being able to program with chirp as easy as it is with a lot of units. Like I'll say the UV five R cause I've done that. And it was stupid, easy, just plug the phone in. It, it's really air the, the radio in. Um, but also how to hand key in your, uh, you know, your frequency, how to hand key in, you know, uh, whatever you have to do if you're going to, if you have to manually program it. And so Lindsay, I don't know how many times probably I'm going to, I'm going to wager probably a few where you walk into whatever field training exercise and you have like that one person that just didn't program their radio and has no idea how to do it. And they're just going to kind of ride the wave until somebody realizes, Hey, their radio's fucked. You need to help them out or something of the sort, right? Or there's somebody just walking around like a three-year-old with their pants around their ankles going, help me. I don't know what, to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Yeah. So typically radio checks <clears throat> are part of your PCCs, PCIs, your pre-combat checks, pre-combat inspections, right? So before we even roll out of the motor pool, we're all queuing up and, and, you know, making sure we can get good comms checks between, you know, everyone that has a radio, uh, however, um, 
yes, there are people who, you know, get to, you know, the field, whatever training exercise, and it's like, like a strong breeze came through and just went through one ear, jostled where the, how to program a radio out and it just went through the other ear. So, um, it's definitely a perishable skill too. Um, like everything else, like shooting, right? So, Mm -hmm. If it's important to you, you will make time to do it. Uh, Same with dry fire, same with going to the gym. If it is important to you, you have to take that time and guard it fiercely, right? And make a conscious effort to be like, okay, today I'm throwing on a tutorial on how to do this stuff. I'm going to pause it 80 bajillion times because the dude speaks broken English and I'm going to go back listen again, then hear what he said, my ADHD, I started pulling open my phone, I'm getting funny reels from my husband or whatever. So that's what you need to do, um, not have ADHD, but making a conscious effort to learn and to better yourself. Um, that is something that that Rob Epifania, the the grandmaster that works for OG, him and I, he's been one of my like biggest mentors because I, I do competition shooting, but I am awful. Like I'm, I'm a C-class shooter on my best day. And I, I mean, not like awful, awful, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like unsafe. I'm not spraying and praying, but, um, compared to, you know, a lot of people that, that compete, like I get there and I'm like, oh man, I fucking suck. And like, that's one of the worst feelings in the world, right? Is like going somewhere and then being around people that just, you can just see that they get it right. And having those feelings of inadequacy, um, but you can't control situations like that. You can control how you react to situations like that. And one of the ways that I do that is by, I do 45 minutes of jam, 15 minutes of dry fire. It's on my calendar. My calendar bullies me every day. Um, and then I do an hour and 30 minutes every Friday to work on calm stuff. So it's just making time to, to learn. Um, and if it's not important to you, spend $3,000 on an Iridium phone and call it good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is that all? That's well, all. That's funny. <laughs> I don't you know, want to hear it. Y'all both have duels. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I have two sets of yeah. duels. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I only uh, have one. one. Oh, I the other set. Uh, <laughs> actually, so so actually, that's a that's a really good segue into what I was about to say. Right? I joke. My wife has an extra set of duels, but my my second set of night vision, and they're just like Omni sevens in some in a fourteen thirty one housing. They're nothing special, but. My second set of night vision was one, a redundancy for me, but it is constantly being used by someone else in my, not the same person, but someone else in my group is always using it to get reps in, right? And that's the reason I talk that up about that. And the reason I bring that up is oftentimes if you have, you know, whatever your specific flavor of autism that you have, you're probably going to spend a lot more than the average person of your group on that one for your own education, right? Lindsay's really bringing up a good point, which is that you have to be investing in your own education, but also sometimes you have to do the force multiplication yourself a little bit. And sometimes it has to come out of your wallet. And I'm really sorry for all the comms guys out there. Cause I know, I know it's like the most expensive of the options out there, but, uh, oftentimes you're probably going to be the person that invests in that specialty capability, uh, that your team has, right? I, have a Starlink, right? I, I purchased the Starlink. I wanted to uh, have it for, for travel and I was really interested in it. And I, you know, I was able to get a good deal on one. Uh, that's a, a capability my group has that they didn't have to pay for 
but it's now something that we can use as a tool, right? So, so I, what, I for our listeners, what is a Starlink and why why is that helpful? Yeah, so a Starlink is technically a radio. Um, it's just a, a very specific radio. It is uh, uh, SpaceX. Elon Musk has a company called uh, or a sub company called Starlink, which is satellite based internet. And basically, anytime you can see the sky, uh, if you have this big old satellite dish and the Wi-Fi router and you have power for it, you get internet. Like does, the middle of nowhere, you can see the sky and you have, can power the, the Starlink, you have internet, um, which is a really cool tool to have. It's just in some ways, it's, it's, a, it's specialized, right? It's, it's for, it is a radio for a specific task. So that's what right. a Starlink is. And I'm talking so, to you guys on one right now. Yeah. I I live in BFE. So you have one. Yeah. I live in BFE. So it's either that <laughs> or HughesNet. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not great, but I can still get on the cod lobby with the boys um, yeah. every once in a while. So it's, it's, exactly it's definitely a right. phenomenal tool whenever you're talking about ad hoc mm-hmm. or, you know, emergency, you know, as needed um, tactical networks, they're they're a really phenomenal tool. Uh, yeah. I was on the wait list for like nine months to the day for mine, just because they limit. That's why you're able to get such high speeds is because they limit users per you know x amount of square kilometers, yeah. um, and that's why you have that really nice uh, high availability speed that you can get using it. But I I absolutely adore mine. Yeah, well, I mean, in practice, mine for sure. I mean, you brought up price. I feel like that's something that you, we just have to get over with mm-hmm. a lot of this, but especially, and it's weird because only part of the comms conversation do people get the stick up their ass about spending money. Yeah. You will see guys all day long that will spend, and I've done it, right? We'll spend hundreds of dollars to buy Comtax or, you know, Sordans or amps or whatever, because it's their ear pro and it's going to go on their helmet and they got to have it for their pictures on the gram with their night vision. Yeah. And sick and cool. You should have quality, you know, your hearing protection. You get one set of ears, right? Uh, You want to be able to hear whatever communications, if you're doing that right, comes through it. But as soon as we break off from that, right? As soon as we're done with ear pro, like, oh dude, $200 for a push to talk. Like, does that price come with lube? You know, oh my (laughs) God, how much do I have to spend on a radio? And it's like, okay, well, so in my experience, actually one of the better teachers is like, okay, yeah, man, hey, uh, go ahead. Like you want, do a $20 radio with a $25 push to talk. Like, let's go, let's go do it. I was that guy. (laughs) I failed in the field with my friends when my pushed my shoulder mic uh stopped working because it got a little wet because i took the cheap route out um so that's i'm like you know i'll tell people that story or i'll go hey here you want but you want to buy cheap here i can get you for a hundred bucks a push to talk and everything like it's gonna be a little bit janky it'll work i think he'll let you know uh i and then with those bad experiences or you start to see just in a training environment like we were on state land. I was maybe 60 yards from the next guy and I couldn't communicate. I could see him. We wave at each other and everything. Radio stopped working because you have shit equipment. And and it's not just the, it's not just that I was running a Baofang before anybody asks, but like, because there was a fundamental breakdown with the hardware on the cheap shit. So Yes, I, I did spend $200 on a push to talk from Disco 32 and go out and spend like 
500 bucks on some contacts and you know whatever and it, it it makes that $25 bail fang a lot more capable by having better components around it, but yeah. it's not cheap. Like it just, none of this is cheap. You know, when's the last time you bought a quality component for your rifle and it was super cheap. Like it just doesn't, yeah. it's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, pr- unfortunately price- things cost money due to, yeah. due to unforeseen circumstances. <clears throat> things cost money. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, so that I mean, I think the you know we can circle back to it. For those of you that don't know, a, a Starlink costs about six hundred dollars, and then the monthly fee. If you get the Rome, which I recommend the Rome, it's like one fifty a month. I know six hundred dollars is like is like you know in a vacuum exorbitantly expensive, but that's a Glock nineteen, right? And how many Glock nineteens do people have? People typically have at least two. Um, and so, uh, honestly, I think the Starlink makes a case for being, you know, what's what radio should I own? It makes a really, really good case for the average person to be the one radio that they own, right? 90 per, 99% of the communication we do as a, as a civilized society outside of this, you know, this sphere is internet-based, right? Um, and so when, when you look at it, evaluate it from the standpoint of $600 once, $150 a month, I can access the biggest uh, collection of information and communication that exists in the history of our species. That's not, I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, asking a lot. In no. fact, I, I think that's fairly generous pricing. You know, if I have, you know, if I have an H word, I'll start using the H word instead of what it is. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take my Starlink and I'm going to plug it into uh, my battery bank that I have. And I'm going to see what the news has to say, right? Where's the local where, what what efforts are being coordinated, if there are any, uh, to to uh, uh, start alleviating the issues that came along with the H word, right? Is there a community center people are gathering at and preparing food in in uh, you know mass quantity? Are there people that uh, are hurt that need help, right? The, that's that is easily easily one of the and you can use it every day. How many radios? That, uh, you know, how many Hyteras or Baofangs or Silvises or whatever can you use every day? I mean, not, yeah. not nearly as much as, as a Starlink, right? Um, so that's, honestly, I think the Starlink makes a great case for the, the answer of what radio should I buy? And if we think back to my intro, it is technically at the end of the day, it's, it's just a radio, right? Just talks to satellites instead of the next person over. I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course, they have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance, they have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. That is the hottest take, I think, Austin. And it's, but it's, he's, he's not wrong 
at all. Um, especially mm-hmm. if you're talking about for secure communications, um, mm-hmm. hop on a signal call. You have encrypted end to end encryption. Yeah. With you and your homies, get uh, one of those fancy smancy Disco 32 discusses. I have one. It's great. I, um, it's lo- I love yeah. it. What do I use it for? Music on the range. <laughs> yeah. For those of uh, y'all listening that don't know what the Disco 32 Discuss is, it all it does is it allows you to connect Bluetooth through like your your contacts or whatever. So, yeah. um, and then your push to talk goes plugs up into it, and your push to talk traffic will always take priority over whatever's playing over the Bluetooth. So if you're listening to music and you have something important on the radio, you'll be able to hear it come through. Uh, but yeah, that's that's mainly what I use my discuss for is putting on the cyberpunk soundtrack when I'm on the flat range. Yeah, and, and I can hear the people in the uh, you know in the comments saying, "Oh, well, if you're stationary with your Starlink, you can be direction found." Well, the two things I'll say to that is number one. Uh, it uses L band, which is a band that your average uh, SDR can't even reach. Uh, your average SDR max out at like 1.7 gigahertz. Um, and two, there are uh, 1,260 antennas in a Starlink, and they all use eigenbeam forming to create a signal beam that's about as big around as a dime and cancels out emissions in other various directions. I'm sure there's some that exist, but they're not nearly as powerful as the actual transmission itself, unlike an omnidirectional antenna. So like, you're gonna have a pretty, and you're gonna have to have some pretty sophisticated equipment to direction find a Starlink. Um, That's that, the direction finding argument is one that people throw out all the time. That is. With you, know, you, why you have to have encryption or, and <clears throat> I'm not, that's not to say that I don't agree with it, I do think though that it is that argument is abused in the context of people like wanting to basically just shame you for not having whatever radio that they think that you need to have because you know, X, Y, Z reasons like it, it, because it means ultimately it means absolutely nothing to you. Right. If you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how to make encryption work for you and all your homies, like it's a, it's a moot point. Like I understand but at the same time, that's usually when I go, when I tell people like, yeah, um, me and my four friends, we all run, we do, we run UV five hours right now. Cause that's what everybody has. It was cheap to get into. Yeah. And we had a couple of guys that needed to invest money in things like night vision. Uh, one, one guy came into the training group, honestly, having it, like basically nothing. He, he spent a lot of money last year to get up to speed with all of us. Um, <laughs> so radio, radio fell down on the list a bit and we were, none of us are radio guys. So like, okay, th- that's fine. Like, don't even make that a thing right now. We'll worry about that next year or something. And people will say, well, you should never even just buy a cheap radio because if there's no encryption, people will use direction finding and you'll compromise your location and you'll be screwed and it's pointless. And I get it. But at yeah. the same time, it... I don't know. I, I find that very annoying that that's like, that's always the first and only argument people throw out about that stuff. Yeah. So for those of you that, you know, you can't, no one can see, none of the listeners can see, but I'm holding up a little, a little contraption here. It's just, it's just an SDR and an Android phone and an antenna all like packaged into this cool little uh, theorem case. Um, so that I, you know, the tools to do, and this can do direction finding. Um, let, let me rephrase that. This enables me to start to execute on the fundamentals of direction finding. Um, 
this in and of itself doesn't do any of that. And like, yeah, those tools exist, right? I've taken direction finding classes. I had training wheels on. It was like the easiest it'll ever be for me. Um, and it's not easy, right? And and uh, there's other sophisticated tools out there that make it uh, marginally less difficult. But, you know, this is something that I know Alex talked about on a different podcast. You know, there are $80,000 Mastodon beasts that exist for direction finding, and even they don't get it perfect, right? Um that is certainly an argument to be made and people need to be aware that there are consequences to emitting radio waves uh, unnecessarily. But people who say, I'm just not going to use radios because I'll just get direction found one. You're limiting yourself like geographically to what you can do as a team. You can't coordinate efforts in separate locations, but also that's like saying, I'm not going to use a weapon light because it gives away my position. It's like, yes, you understand that there are consequences and potential drawbacks for this piece of equipment, but you are then, you know, taking away what you can benefit from that. In the case of a weapon light, it's PID. In the case of radio, Mm -hmm. it's the ability to coordinate efforts when you are separated geographically. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite things to tell people is like, you know, whenever they're like, oh, you know, we have all this encryption, blah, blah, blah. We spent all this. We're doing like dual slot, dual slot TDMA, all this fancy smancy stuff. I'm like, cool. What's your comsec compromise procedure? Yeah. And then they just look at me like I have an asshole growing out of my forehead. (laughs) Um, So looping back again to what we were talking about earlier is like, the training and knowing how to use that stuff is going to be far more important than the stuff. However, if you plan on using um, radios in a non-permissive environment, I would say that encryption is pretty much a must. I think like everybody is like, yeah, if I'm using radios in a non-permissive environment and I can choose, I definitely want encryption. Uh, For people that think that direction finding is easy, uh, I want you to look up your local ham club and I want you to go visit and see when the next time they're doing something called a fox hunt is. A fox hunt is they'll take a little transmitter, usually half a watt power, your typical power of your usual like handy talkies that you can get off the the shelf at Academy. Um, And they'll have just like a blip of transmission, like every 30 minutes is a blip. And they'll put it in someplace small, like a public park, and you have to use direction finding to find that little transmitter it's really fun i enjoy that type of stuff but then again that is my special interest but (laughs) by doing those activities and stuff you learn man this is this shit ain't easy bro Mm -mm. it's not because then you'll be like ah i got i got a little something and then you'll be like oh man this was just you know somebody that was rollerblading with a boom box and i just saw a little bit of rf signature yeah (laughs) Oh, this, is, this is the gas meter that this neighborhood uses, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, Somebody's and, uh, car in garage car door opener. You close yourself off from all of that. Like Lindsay, like what you said at the beginning of our last discussion, right? You, the value of training you get out of a $20 radio. Mm-hmm. If you just let someone tell you, if you come into all of this, right? Not knowing anything about radios, not knowing what you should or shouldn't buy. And you just let somebody tell you, don't buy that radio because it's a piece of shit. Save up your money and buy this $600 or whatever. And given your your life situation and your expendable income and the other the number of other things that are also $600, like a Glock 19, like an RMR, 
like, you know, whatever. And, and that radio goes further and further down the list on priorities. And that's all time where you could have just bought that $20 radio mm-hmm. easily written off that $20 expense, right? And been training and practicing and learning that whole time. So it, all, all of that to say, you know, I, I'm not saying that we should all reverse our stance on the UV5R. But what I am saying is they look at it for what it can offer. Look at it for what benefits are there. And then, you know, <clears throat> like to me, it's almost like the equivalent of guys that will save up and spend $2,500 on like a Staccato 2011 instead of just buying a Glock 17 or a Glock 19. Like you yeah. can spend the money up front, but if you don't know how to shoot, it's not going to fucking help you. It's not, it's not going to get you there any faster. I mean, maybe, but likely not. You still have to put the time in. You have to learn. You're going to have to fail a whole bunch. You know, you're going to have to suck before you can get better. So why not? You know, just it's 20 bucks. Like, come on, everyone's got 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I, we've, I know there's been some YouTube videos about it uh, from several people, including Mojave. You guys talked about it in the last episode. I did a post about it, but there are not many things in this world where you can get literally years of training value out of 20, $30. My, my very first UV, I'm still looking at it right now. My UV five R that I took Mojave RTO basics as a student with three years ago, it's, it still works. I've, I have used it to learn and to facilitate the learning of others, right? Am I going to trust my life to it? Absolutely not. I have other radios for that, that I can trust my life to, but I mean, you can't put the bullets back in the casing, right? You can't recycle $30 of ammo, but you absolutely can get a ton of training value out of just a UV5R and some basic education. And you don't have to stop there, right? You don't have to be like, oh, I'm good. No, you ha- you can you can get the competency and the understanding of, of the physics and of operating in a team environment and using a radio to facilitate, a, you know, an op, an op ward and you can grow from there, right? So that's, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that analysis that uh, you can get a ton of training value out of it. And so with, to kind of bring this back around a little bit, we're talking about in applications with a within a squad, right? It, regardless of what radio people have, if they're running a shoulder mic, because some people do that, or they're running a full comm setup, right? Helmet and PTT and a good radio. And maybe Lindsay, this is more for you. Where is there a good starting point that you direct people towards maybe in in your classes or like a field practice that you recommend people start off with rather than just like, Hey, go scatter in the woods and see if you guys can fucking hear each other. You know, uh, like one of the things that you mentioned in your intro to comms class is something like radio etiquette. Like, Hey, don't, don't fucking say fuck on the radio because it goes against radio etiquette and use, you know, uh, succinct and, and short messaging and things. Um, where do people start if they want to start roughing some of that in? Is, is there a prescribed starting point? Right. That is a great question. Um, so practical use applications are always going to be your best. One of my favorite things to do is I uh, just bought this house about a year ago. I will give my husband, you know, the keys to, to the vehicle and be like, okay, go, <laughs> just go, go somewhere. And then whenever we can stop doing line of sight radio checks, write down where you are. And that's our limit of advance on where that radio is. And that's something you can do with you, your family. Um, you could tell your kids, 
to just be like, okay, daddy's going to talk on the radio and I have the phone in the other hand. And you could be like, okay, let me know when you stop hearing daddy. And you could be like, daddy, I don't hear you. And there you go. Then you learn yeah. your, your limit of advance for your radio. So that's something you could do like in 15 minutes um, yeah. is figuring out the practical um, limit for your radios. Cause that's something. And I'm sure that's a question Austin gets a ton of is, Hey, what's the radio that I can speak with the farthest. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> do you get that a lot? You're my 13th yeah. reason. But yeah. I can't tell people that because they're they're speaking from a place where they don't know, you know? Yeah. They think unicorns and, and wizards and shit happen whenever they hit the push to talk. So I can't I can't get upset with them about that type yeah. of stuff. But that is a very common question. I'm like, it depends where you live. I live in, you know, central Louisiana. It's like, you know. But you know, if you live where it's like I'm doing a hand motion for flat and mountains, um, if for for the audio <laughs> listeners. Um if you live in a place where it you do have a lot more terrain features or you have a lot of buildings because buildings are sometimes made of metal and can cause interference with your radio communications. I did read that um, on the internet. Yeah. Metal and buildings. Yeah. Metal, metal and, and buildings. Um, <laughs> jet fuel can't melt steel beams though. So uh, go oh, out gosh. there and, and <laughs> figure out where your limit of advance is with the equipment that you do have. And if you're not happy with that, maybe look up ways how to improve that. Oh, maybe, maybe I need a 50 watt uh, base radio station to keep in my house and throw an antenna up on the roof. Oh no, my HOA will set my yard on fire. If I have an <laughs> antenna on my roof, you know, let me figure out a different way to do that. <clears throat> so that is one practical application that I think pretty much anybody could do with no training um, besides yeah. driving. Um Another very, very basic one whenever we're talking about in a squad environment is just look up your basic battle drills, right? Battle drill one alpha. React to contact. You and your boys are walking through the woods all nambly-pambly-like. All of a sudden, pop, pop, pop. You scream contact because that's what you saw in the movies. And then you have one half of your dudes stay there. And then another half of your dudes goes around on the left or the right, depending on terrain or where you would have the tactical advantage. And then make the favorite letter of the alphabet um that was an uh orion concept shirt with the sesame characters on it l l is, l is the best shape <laughs> yeah um so you make a little l and then you know you talk that so whenever we're talking about how do you use radios in that you can come over contact you know one motherfucker with a 249 50 meters and then you could be like okay bravo team going left bravo team going right so you don't fucking shoot each other so that is ways that you can practically use uh radios and for that for your first time i recommend doing that with with you know dry weapons or with like mantises um especially if you've ever done that type of stuff before just just for safety but yeah. you know big boy rules do what you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah absolutely you know I know we, we've hit on this a lot. Training is going to be the best way to get to get value out of that. Um, and you also have to, you know, Lindsay brings up a really good point in terms of like culture, right? You saw in the movie, someone says, uh, you know, contact, right? Um, and so you just, you just start saying, for whatever reason, and I'm sure Lindsay's seen this, people can talk like a normal, like a socialized individual all day long. And they're the coolest guy at the party or whatever. 
And then the second you put like a radio in their hand, they just like start saying the goofiest things. And it's all things they've seen on television. Like, like the, the, all, you'll just be like, oh, radio check over. And they'll be like, oh, uh, Wilco, I read you uh, 555. You're coming in broken and retarded. I'm like, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We get a lot of uh, Smokey and the Bandit reenactors, myself yeah. included. I do, hey, hey, I hey, do hey, like hey. to have fun with it, and I do have like a fun. Burt Reynolds is an icon. As I say, um, that mustache no is legendary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. Um, the, the point. The point I was getting at is that you know the the when you have a team, it's not enough for all of you to be able to talk to each other on the radio. It's it's also important to standardize what these words mean and to not introduce terms unnecessarily, right? Because at the end of the day, if you just, if you say something you saw on television, contextually, you might know what you're trying to say and the receiver might, they themselves also know what you're trying to say, but you also might be inducing traffic. That's just really unnecessary. Traffic means things on the radio for those of you that don't know. Um, you might be just, you know, saying gibberish to someone else, right? And so standardizing what pro words you're using and what reporting you use are two really, really big, important tasks. Um, What's it's a pro really word, cool. Austin. Yeah. I'm, an, a, I'm, I'm a listener that doesn't know. A pro word is a word professionals use. Uh, no, a pro word, just it's just a shorter word that means something uh, that that means uh, something like a more complex task. Like when I the, the best one is Roger. It's a pro word that's saying I understand what you just said. Right. We all know that kind of contextually. Um, and, and a lot of pro words are, especially I wasn't in the military, but especially because of Hollywood or, or people that get out of the military, a lot of pro words are, are kind of contextually under already understood like Roger over out, but they still often get misused and can, they can cause confusion if your team has not decided on a set of pro words. Yeah. And that's, and th even past just deciding on what those are for your group, but just a general understanding of some of, I'll say it probably falls in the etiquette, but something like if, if one of the people in your group who's never served in the military, like I'm a civilian, right. And has no idea. And you guys are doing your thing on the radio. And then all of a sudden you have somebody start screaming, break, break, break. You're going to go, what, what, what you ran into a branch. It broke off the tree. Your leg <laughs> is broken. Like your arm is broken. Lindsay's doing it, but yeah, I mean like those are the kinds of things though. Like you almost need to have like a requisite amount of like classroom time as a, as a group to mm -hmm. like here, uh, this is, this is kind of how this works is what we're going to say. And then you always get like that one guy that's like, Ooh, do we get to pick call signs now? And it's like their fate. They're just super excited to like go through all that and it's like yeah we'll call you whatever you want not really but uh you know it, it's important to have those discussions out of the way in advance not in the moment yeah well <clears throat> a great piece of reference material you can make for your team is just you know the military has some amazing ones the military often do great great at standardizing things and so you don't have to reinvent the wheel but if you just make a little binder of like standardized pro words and just and reports that you and your team might use that 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 can potentially help a lot right i don't recommend putting your like sign countersign on like a a document that's just going to fall out of your pouch but um and we can talk about deconfliction later in a minute if we want to but um you know like standardize what reports you use right have like a salute report uh, um for those of you not uh not listening or for those of you that aren't sorry not listening uh for those of you that uh 
aren't aren't read in a salute report. It, it's just a standardized report that the, that the military uses. Um, but you can build out different report cards that are that are blank and you know, hey, when this person says, you know, line nine, I know to expect this type of information to be given over not line nine, right? So if it's like coordinates, for example, mm-hmm. I know to expect a set of numbers to be coming over the radio. And if I, you know, if you don't use a standardized reporting, then that just leaves a lot more brain power that has to be used that for someone to figure out like, what is this person saying? Oh, they're saying numbers. Well, what kind of number is this? Is this like number of casualties or is this a, a coordinator or, or whatever it might be? So standardized reporting reference materials are also a great supplementary tool that can go along with the radio that your team members use. And again, I'm sorry to, to belabor the point. The combo guys are probably going to have to pay out of pocket to make these reference cards. At least I know I did. So <laughs> Or just have somebody in the group who has like the ability to make all that. If somebody has like a laminator and like, if they're just one of those people that owns all that stuff, like, I don't know. Some people do. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but I know there are people out there that do. I own a printer, so that's nice. I mine's been broken for two years. I go to Office Max a lot. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Yeah, Office Max. It's like same day printing. You can get. I know. I get all my GRGs made at Office Max. But should we talk about uh, SOIs and and why they would also be uh, a good tool for for squad communications and as far as like standardization and stuff like that? Yeah, or yeah. You do we not want to give that away, away. Too, too much? Okay, so SOI stands for Signal Operating Instructions, right? All it is pretty much is like a little cheat sheet of everything you would need to know in order to communicate. So mm-hmm. you would have things like your, you know. Uh, your your question and answer words, your um, your verification codes. If you wanted to do something like that, the frequencies that you're using, important people's call signs, stuff like that. Um, right. And then also on that, you'd have you know what it's for, whether it's you know a time, you know this is signal operating instructions are only going to be used for X amount of hours, X amount of days, what so have you. Yeah. Um, so that is another thing that you and your um, team could do. Um, is start building your own SOIs and then have a new person build one every time you go out to the range. Yeah, and it'd be like, uh, man, this challenge and answer password words are funny, and you know <laughs> that's how you can get a little bit more training out of very very simple stuff. Or, you know, we talk about like, oh, you got to go go out there and go do stuff. A lot of the training and stuff like that, especially with radios, what's good about it is we can all learn over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do from the house. You don't necessarily have to go and be like, well, honey, kids, I'm sorry. For another weekend, I am going into the woods. Um, <laughs> you can do a lot of this training and and a lot of this um, SOP, standard operating procedure building from your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but standardized reporting is like a must, dude. Especially if you've ever had to do like, uh, like a twelve k hike when you're dehydrated and calorie depleted, and then you have to give, you know, remember, oh fuck, what, what's, what's the L in the the salute report and all this stuff like that. Um, having any sort of reference material is going to take your thinking out of that. 
Um, I have a Nalgene uh, by RE Factor, uh, a phenomenal company. I have a lot of stuff made by them. And it has like all of the different reports on there. Oh, that's um, as well as like the the mist and stuff for uh, EMS. If you guys don't know what mist is, it's currently, um, you know, most civilians aren't going to be using a nine line just because, you know, you don't have all of the stuff that a nine line requires in order to to, to use that. So uh, a mist report is currently what EMS is using. And I got that from our phenomenal paramedic and dear friend of mine, Joshua Nickens. Um, so I pinged him whenever it came down to, you know, making that section, you know, about my squad comms classes, like, oh, medicine, you know, I'm, I ha- I know a little bit, but you know, how, how does the civilian world do that? And I pinged yeah. him and I got a lot of insight from him on the inner workings of that and how to better communicate what EMTs want to know and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that's some very important stuff. But but like we said, it it sounds like that nerd stuff, but it can you can make it fun, man. Like like yeah. just get like casualty cards if you don't know what that is. It's essentially any time in the military that you have somebody that like takes a GSW gunshot wound or whatever to the arm, something, they are gonna have a casualty card that's gonna have all their information on it, what they're ailments are and stuff like that you and your homies can get a bunch of like random casualty cards you know shuffle them up in a deck pass them out practice oh you know okay homeboy has a gsw to his arm bam you're practicing how to putting on a tourniquet okay go and send up a missed report over the phone uh or over the radio um to the emts about you know what sort of treatments you're doing what uh, support you guys need so little stuff like that is is how you can get that into your everyday life into training it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be complicated um, and it can be fun especially uh you pick the biggest guy and you make the smallest guy carry him that's my favorite <laughs> yeah. well no and, and Lindsay's bringing up a really good point here it, it's great to build to to use these scenarios because we always want to circle back to this which is that we don't do radios for the sake of doing radios, right? They're part of facilitating a bigger mission. You know, you know, maybe your mission is search and rescue. Maybe your mission is uh, it's Red Dawn and you're the insurgency. Anything, anything there and in between. Um, in fact, the the <laughs> the best radio operators are the people that you don't notice what they're doing because all they're doing is facilitating the tempo of the operation. They are not front and center stage. And everything is about, you know, how far their radio can talk and that, you know, you were you logged all the, you know, what shots you took in ATAC automatically with your $500 rifle stock that has a sensor in it, right? The the, the best radio equipment fades into the background and, and it takes a good radio operator to make that happen. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's one, it's, a, I think, probably the one thing that, is most missed when people are really trying to look at like big picture overall capability and how you could take, I would say probably a a really, really well-prepared group of guys, maybe you and your three best friends, right? Mm -hmm. And you can shoot, right? You got night vision, you, you know, you've worked on, you know, everything under the sun and, you know, one guy canned a bunch of food and everything. And like, you've got all your bases covered, but it, like it's it's remarkable when you start to dive into like the things that you guys are talking about here 
like how underexposed people really are to, I mean, cause I, I personally, I blame cell phones, right? Like <laughs> we stopped, we, we stopped learning, uh, radio technology. We stopped, uh, you know, putting ourselves out there to try and, and look into that stuff because we just have it in our hand. Right? right. I don't need to know how a radio works. I don't need to know the science behind this. I don't, because I, I just have a cell phone. It's always going to work. And I mean, yeah, I don't want to be the guy. It's like, oh, well, what if there's an EMP? Like, I mean, but, but truly, I mean like, okay, what if there is, what if some group of assholes decides they're going to be the one that ruins everybody's week and blows up a cell phone tower? Like yeah. no evil sadistic bastard would deprive us all of YouTube, but yeah. they're there. Yeah. Or if there's a hurricane and yeah, a cell tower it. goes down. I said it. Because that <laughs> has happened to me yeah. so many times, right? Because there's there's, you know, that's that's what happens. That you have a H word and then the cell towers go down. Or you go to a really crowded music festival and the cell towers go down. Um a lot of people don't even know how to speak on the phone anymore because we do everything through text. We're the most connected we've ever been as a human species, but the most disconnected. Um, and I think the art of conversation has definitely been lost. Not to say that you're having um, intimate conversations on the radio, um, though, if you listen into my local ham club band, they, they on, they're on there talking about their blood pressure medication all the time. (laughs) Gotta get them right. Um, so it's, it's definitely they're all on blood pressure medication and you know, yeah, I need to be, that's just, that's the way the, the way ham radios, I mean, unfortunately it's the way ham radio is going is to the dinosaurs. Yeah, my hobby is dying. And I really would like people, even if you hate the federal government, which based, but go out to your local ham club and and go learn from those people before they die. Because whenever they they die, that knowledge is gone with them. And at least, you know, if you're friendly enough to them, you might get some of their ham radio equipment in their will. So <laughs> or better yet, get get you and like one of your buddies or you and two of your friends. So you're not going alone. You're not all nervous and scared of the old people that smell weird. Go as a group. And then all of you guys can learn and you can help revitalize the hobby uh, through. I mean, because usually they're pretty cheap to attend. Like, you, I mean, you have like an annual membership due, right? Or something. It's not insanely expensive. I mean, it can be, but it's not an insanely expensive thing to get into. Otherwise, yeah, the retirees like wouldn't be doing bucks it. A year. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like 20 bucks a year for mine. And that just pays for like the coffee that they serve. Nice. Yeah, I mean, the old people are all on a fixed income and they all want to talk, tell you about it. So they wouldn't be doing it if, if it wasn't for the most part, you know, pretty, pretty affordable to get into, I imagine. Yeah. The, the one thing I do like about, for those of you that don't know, and I, I'm not super well versed on it, but in, in general, at a, a, in an overview, ham radio was de- literally designed and set aside a long time ago. So that way the average person could learn how radios work. That's why encryption is not legal because you are, you are literally supposed to help each other learn, right? That is, that is what ham radio was set up for. And it's done an amazing, amazing job. Uh, It is kind of going by the wayside a little, little bit, but people are realizing the value there. So there's a nice resurgence happening, but yeah, absolutely. You know, get, get familiar both in person and buy an SDR, buy an SDR. If I, if you buy anything from this podcast, buy an SDR, 
and become familiar with the electromagnetic spectrum around you, right? Learn how to use these tools like the FCC website and a software defined radio and going to your local ham club to get a, a bigger picture about what the airwaves around you look like, right? We can't see them with our eyes, but, but it exists, right? And wars are fought in the electromagnetic spectrum and people are killed because of the electromagnetic spectrum in, in wars right now. So yeah, absolutely. Soak up as much knowledge as you can. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I know we're kind of pushing time here. So I wanted to say, you know, thank you guys both for, for making the time in your day, carving it out to, to sit here and <clears throat> uh, educate my dumb ass on, on radio uh, witchcraft and, and magic that happens with antennas. Um, where can, and I, I try to do this a, because like, I know you guys are doing like legit stuff out there, but B, because I know you're both tremendous resources. If people have follow on questions, uh, where and I and I'll start with uh with Austin, but where can people find you if they want to reach out for help? Or I know you you mentioned you do some instructing with Mojave. Where can people find you online and 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 contact you? Yeah, so uh my Instagram handle is just Austin Joe Miller, all one word, no no dots or underscores. Um, and then Mojave or Peter, I don't manage that account, Alex does, um, but he answers plenty of, of questions. Um, so you can drop a comment or you can send a DM. If you email Mojave uh, through our through our website, um, you might talk to me. You might talk to Alex or you know another member of the Mojave crew. Um, those are going to be the best ways to get a hold of me. And then keep your eyes peeled. the uh, The training uh, calendar for Mojave for 2024 should be available pretty soon. Awesome, Lindsay. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, take a human skull, fill them full of acorns, and shake them into the night. And I <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, I can be found on Instagram at Lindsay L Y N D S E Y. Don't D O N T. Um, and Twitter, I think X, whatever you call it. Uh, same thing. Um, you can send me an email, all that stuff. The links in my bio for, for pretty much all of that through Instagram. I'm very easy to get a hold of, uh, classes through OTG at the moment. All of my 2024 schedule is listed online. Um, I know myself and, you know, Mojave both do any sort of private stuff. So if you have, you know, you and your homies are like, man, I want like one-on-one -on -one instruction with you reach out to either one of us. I think both do things of that nature. So um, if you want private instruction or you want me to come and take a look at your squad comms plan and poke holes in it, um, we are more than happy to do that. Uh, but yeah, Austin, appreciate you having me on. I guess that means I didn't say anything too bad on the last one. So I'm expecting our next one. We're going to get real wacky with it. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, we can, we can get to that. We can get to that next time for sure. Yeah. Let's keep pushing the limit. Uh, yeah. But uh, I do appreciate you guys uh, sharing all of this. It's one of the things that I think everybody puts on their list of like, this is going to be the year, right? This year, I'm going to learn how to be better with my comms or I'm going to, you know, do whatever. Like, I, like I said, I, it's on my list of stuff to focus on this year. Um, along with you know upgrading that gear so uh, i appreciate it. it this is really helpful for both me and the listeners and uh i'll hopefully we'll be able to 
do this again real soon in the future, guys. Perfect. Sounds good, guys. So if you guys took anything away from that, hopefully it's that there's a whole lot of information out there that's readily accessible. I mean, w- whether you're talking about videos uh, and and articles and things like that, you can ingest yourself or resources like Lindsay and Austin and companies like, you know, LKD Communications, like Mojave, that you can reach out to to kind of try and put the puzzle of communications together. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like I, I had an absolute blast talking with Lindsay and Austin and I'll tell you guys that it got even, it got even better, uh, offline. Uh, what a, what a pair of fantastic people. And when they're together, uh, I think they just kind of feed off of each other and it's great. Um, I, I love, and I say this with all, with all love is that they make me feel very dumb in their conversations because they are two people who are very passionate about communications and radios and things. And I am just somebody who it's not really what I'm into, uh, but it's something that I want to learn more about. Right. And those are the kinds of people, honestly, you have to find the right ones, but those are the kinds of people you should try and surround yourself with, you know, who have that knowledge and have that information. So you can, you can leech off it, right? You can, you can absorb all of that extra information just by being around those kinds of people who are passionate and knowledgeable. And it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be about stuff like radios or comms. It can be about shooting. It can be about night vision. It even can be about something that's more tactics oriented. Cause you have those people out there who are super nerds about CQB and small unit tactics. And they, they look, or, you know, even to non-permissive stuff like EDC and ways to, you know, things like that and ways to carry better. And, there's everyone has their thing right and i think really one of the things that makes it so cool that i get to experience with this podcast right is that i get to have that kind of person on here all the time and you make those connections and you form those relationships right and you get to learn those things and pick those things up and and find those resources so if you do want to eventually at some point you know uh reach reach out and go Hey, I'm I'm finally ready. I finally have the couple hundred bucks extra together and I'm ready to upgrade my radio. Can you help me make a good decision? Don't just I'll say this because we made that joke, right? Don't just blindly message them and say, "Hey, what's the best radio?" But, "Hey, here's my needs, here's my budget. What what am I looking for here?" Or, "I bought this radio, here's what I have. Can you help me on next steps or sign up for a class?" Like, honestly, having talked to a lot of trainers, in the firearm space and talk to people in, you know, the adjacent, I'll say firearms adjacent space, right? Is that a lot of people are not signing up for classes. They're actually seeing a downturn in enrollment and it's sad, right? I get that we can't all, you know, we're not all independently wealthy and we can't all go to all the classes all the time. Like I, I get that, but here's, and as somebody who spent probably the, the, the greater part of my time in the shooting space, not wanting to go to a class, not wanting to spend the hundreds of dollars just to hear what somebody has to say. You learn so much more just by going to a class, by going out and doing it and having somebody in front of you. You mean not literally they're behind you on the firing line, but uh, in anything, right? Somebody who is there to teach you and give you individualized attention. And yes, you can go to the range with your buddies and if you got a cop friend or whatever, but that's not a guarantee that whatever information or whatever data that you receive is going to be quality, right? So I really encourage you guys, if you're like me and 
one of your goals for 2024 is to invest further in your development and increase your capability, especially in regards to comms, communications, radios, right? <laughs> reach out to, to Austin, reach out to Lindsay and sign up for a class. I know for sure, I don't know what the Mojave details are like, but I know for sure with Lindsay's courses, it's very affordable. I went through her intro to comms class. It's a very affordable course. It wasn't intrusive into my life. It's not like I had to schedule a special Saturday where I had eight and a half hours available to just sit in front of my computer and take the, no, it was about three hours. And I'll tell you that for sure, probably the last 45 minutes or hour of that were questions. So it's a very reasonable class with a very reasonable cost barrier to get in, and you will learn a absolute shitload. And all you really need, honestly, is the willingness to learn and a radio, even if it is a $20 Beofang. You know, yes, you should step up. We should all we should look into getting into things like Motorola's and Hyteras and some of the other stuff that's out there. But we don't all have that, and some of us don't have the means for that, and that's okay. And hopefully that you took away from this conversation that that is okay, and there's a lot of growth to be had out there and a lot of knowledge to be gained out there in the world. Uh, I think radio and comms in general are fascinating. It's something that I wish I knew more about, and I wish I was able to just pay, pay better attention. Like, it's just one of those things where I need to have somebody in front of me physically doing it. So maybe I'll be able to find somebody, you know, close to me that can help me with this. But until then, I'm going to try and do everything I can to absorb as much knowledge as I can via articles and videos and these interviews with these exceptional people that are, you know, kind enough to uh, join me for the podcast. So I hope you guys liked that. Um, I was, that's definitely probably the, I think it's the first three person zoom call or three way zoom call that we have done on the podcast here, uh, for remote guests and things. And we've done three way discussions previously, but this was completely remote and it went really, really well. So that's very promising and very exciting. And honestly, looking towards the future, I'm very hopeful for what that means in terms of getting, you know, multiple guests on for other subjects and other topics where you can be collaborative and bring you guys even more information. So, uh, that's all I got for you guys though. You know, we're doing our best to bring good information from good people to you, uh, line it up, right. So you guys can, you guys can learn right along with us and the team here to, you know, 2024 it's, it's looking like it's going to be a really, really cool year for us. We're going to have a lot going on and we're going to keep pushing our limits. If you guys are still listening at this point, appreciate the hell out of all of you. Go check out our YouTube page, please. It is our like it's our grow ever growing effort right now to put out video content and learn how to put out better video content. Uh, we're getting close to 5,000 subscribers on Instagram, which is a milestone. It's, it may not be a lot for a lot of the people out there, but it's a, it's a lot for us right now. And the same thing with YouTube and we're continuing to grow with our subscriber numbers on the podcast. So we appreciate all you guys listening. And and I I really mean it. If you guys have something you want to contribute, if you have a comment, if you want to, recommend a guest or something to come on, shoot us a message, man. We are more than happy to hear you guys out. We're more than happy to have those those discussions and, and things like that. We, we appreciate the community for everything that's given us, and we're doing our best to give back through meaningful conversations and good info that we can share with you all. <clears throat> but like I said, that's, that's, that's it for this week, you guys. That's all I got. I won't bend your ear any further. I appreciate you all hanging out, and I hope you guys enjoyed the time with this week's episode. But uh, until next week, you guys be safe out there. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, 
and be prepared. 